Hello and welcome to the second episode of the Gower Podcast. My name is Danny McVeigh and I'm your host for this episode. Keith this week was delighted to announce the newest addition to the crew. So he's taking some well-earned paternity leave. Uh, so a big congratulations to Keith from all the crew here. Uh, in this episode, we will be reviewing the key matchups from a thrilling week seven in the NFL. Previewing what looks to be a tasty week eight and the crew will give their pick sixes for the week. I'm joined this week by Scotland's finest. It's definitely a much better looking crew than we had last week. Uh, I'd like to welcome back to the show, Studs. How are you doing, my man? What's happening, Danny? I'm delighted to be here and just want you boys to know that on my train ride home today, I was stretching and moving up and down the aisles so as I wasn't nice and stiff for the pod today. Studs, let's ride. <laughs> I cannot bring myself to say that, I must admit, I swear I cannot do it. Have you had a good week though, mate? Yeah, uh, absolutely delightful week this week. Um, much happier with my, te- my team's result on a personal level, which we'll get into later. Um, but overall, a great week for NFL. Some massive shocks in there, which I know we'll come into as well. And some massive monster plays as well, which is always good to see. No, we look forward to talking through them all. Uh, I'm also delighted to introduce three new members of the crew. Uh, so first up, making his debut, is uh, Mr. Brian Donlan. Brian, welcome to the show. Uh, just before we get started, uh, how are you doing? I'm very well, mate. Delighted to be here. Delighted to be on the show. Uh, had a great time last week listening in to the crew, or the less talented members of the crew who were with us last week. We've got the... The A line up with us this week. Uh, yeah, delighted to get in and have a chat about everything that happened last week and uh, everything we've got to look forward to this. Brilliant, look forward to it. So just we get started, why don't you tell the listeners who you support and why you support them? They yeah, I really have to. So I am quite new to the NFL, uh, particularly with reference to the guys in the crew. I only started following the NFL about four years ago. When a, another member of the crew, Shaney, who was on last week, uh, begged on on his knees, begged me to come and join the fantasy league, on promises that there would be opportunities for alcoholism, and that won me over. Since I was going to join a fantasy league, I thought well, I've got to pick a team, don't I? So I remember asking the crew, "Who is the worst team in the National Football League?" Because, well, when it comes to the, the old soccer ball, I'm a fan of Celtic and I'm bored of success. So I thought <laughs> I'll go with a challenging team. And for punishment, I've wound up as a now loyal fan of the Cleveland Browns for my sins against all humanity. Boo. <laughs> no, superb stuff. Obviously, always great to have new people joining the sport and, you know, getting that fever that we all have for every every uh, season that kicks off. Have you been to any NFL matches? Any experiences you want to share? I've made it once and only just recently uh, down to the Giants-Packers game in London. Uh, I came with some of the boys in the crew and made a fantastic time. The The atmosphere at NFL games is is just, it's absolutely second to none. The the buzz you get in the stadium, the way that the, the entire spectacle unfolds is just something that's brilliant and one of the big things that really comes out for experiencing the NFL live and in the flesh is that 
the, the kind of the sense of camaraderie that you get with all the fans of all the different stripes. It's one of the things that I like most about the sport is that it doesn't matter that even if you are a dirty Steelers fan and that you really need <laughs> to have a serious look at your life choices, we can still sit and have a chat and I can explain to you why you've made bad life choices and you'll only get a little bit upset and you can dry your tears on your terrible tibble from the bottom of the division. <laughs> oh, from a Browns fan, that's that says something that's quite... That's quite impressive, Brian. Uh, that's superb. Look forward to getting into some of these matches with you later on, Brian. Uh, next up, we have the one and only Grant McSevney. How you doing, mate? Good, mate. I'm good. I've been doing all right. I must apologise in advance in case anybody hears any coughing fits coming over, mate. Uh, been a wee bit no well this week, but apart from that, I'm all good. Sounds like COVID to me. I hope no. I hope no. <laughs> I hope no, mate. So, same as Brian. Why don't you tell us who do you support and why you support them? Well, I am a fan of the long-established, I believe they're one of the oldest, if not the oldest teams in the NFL, and that is the Bears. Brilliant. The reason I support them, I've got family over in Chicago. It took years and years. Believe it or not, I never actually met them until I was maybe 14, 15. We went over on a trip obviously over to Chicago took me to Soldier Field got me a Brian Urlacher jersey and that was I kind of went right okay don't really follow this at all but the jersey's cool came back I always kind of had a half interest in it and then when I decided right I'm going to properly get into this I thought well there is only one team that I can follow family's there gives you an excuse to go over so I don't know if it's been the right decision or the wrong decision over the most recent years, but you pick your poison, you need to live with it, don't you? That's it, that's it, mate, definitely. And what about yourself? Have you been in any games, any other NFL experiences? Well, I thought that I was maybe one of the fresh, being the youngest in the crew, I believe that's still true, being the youngest young pup here, I would have the least experience, but it actually sounds as if I've been to quite a few or more than a lot. Um, I have been to a game in America, like I said, I got took to Soldier Field when I was over there. Um, I've actually been to the London games now three times, the second of which was when I, unfortunately or fortunately, depending where you were sitting at the time, met a lot of the crew for the first time. And ever since then, it's been nothing but carnage since. <laughs> I think that's fair to say. <laughs> I wouldn't change it for the world. It was great. <laughs> Definitely not. And I think a story like that really shows sort of the camaraderie that uh, Brian was talking about. It comes with the NFL, you know, regardless of team, it's just a sport you can all get together and we can chew the fat on what we're yep. doing just now, you know. Oh, that's brilliant. Again, look forward to talking through some of these games. And last, certainly not least, we have the one and only Kev Coggle. How you doing, mate? I'm good, Danny. Thanks. Great to be on the show. I'm looking forward yeah. to it. Hey, we're delighted to have you. You know, we were obviously meant to have you last week. Technical issues come up. That happens. Yeah. So, again, since this is now your long-awaited debut, why don't you tell us who do you support and why? Okay, well, I'm a Philadelphia Eagles fan. Um, not long after I started supporting them, I got the success of a Super Bowl, so um, I've been very lucky in that respect. Um, I I didn't really choose the Eagles. Um, I spend a lot of time over in the States, um, and probably my best friend over there, um, John Drake, 
as an Eagles fan, lifelong, born and raised in Philly. So, um, yeah, he basically told me, you're going to be an Eagles fan, let's go watch a game. And the first game I watched, Michael Vick absolutely ripped it up. Um, it was unbelievable, and I've just been hooked ever since. Oh, brilliant, mate. No, good. Again, look forward to getting all this week's action with you and get your uh, views and opinions. So just before we go into last week's action, uh, let's, we may as well have a look at the headlines, what's happened this week around the football world. Uh, I think we'll look at the trades that have just happened. The big one, uh, studs. What do you think? CMC the 49ers? Uh, for me, that is, it's a big haul the 49ers have given up. Uh, let's be honest, they have given up a massive haul and um, they have completely went win-now mode. They are wanting to take that final step. Super Bowl finalists three years ago um, and couldn't quite go over the hump. They've uh, what is a championship game last year, beaten by the Rams, and for me they have just they have went all out for it um, to basically sell their soul for a Super Bowl, uh, following yeah. the model for the Rams last year. So just just taking a bit in there, sorry mate, is just go through the what they gave up for it. It was a twenty twenty three second, third, fourth, and a twenty twenty four fifth, I believe. Yeah. Certainly. And then combined with what they gave up for Trey Lance, that's a lot of picks. Aye, that, that was exactly going to be my next point. They've obviously got no first-round pick to to speak of, having sent that to the Bears for Trey Lance last year. Um, so, it's yeah, it's going to be a long time before they're picking any rookies, I would imagine, in the 2023 draft. Um, but for me, that move itself, Looking at the weapons I've got, until this week, they were the number one defence in the NFL. So their defence is playing at an elite level. Um, for me, they're the favourites for the NFC now. Adding a weapon like CMC to an already potent offence and uh, Debo Samuel, Brandon Ayuk seems to have got out of the doghouse under Kel Shanahan. Um, and George Kittle seems to be looking to cement his place as one of the elite tight ends. If he can stay fit, if CMC can stay fit, and they are big, big apps um, based on the recent history of both, then for me, the 49ers are up there with the Philadelphia Eagles for favourites to this NFC. And I think that would be a hell of a um, championship game if it gets to that stage. Well, let me bring in Brian. Brian, do you agree with Studs here? Do you think that makes them favourites now for the for the NFC? I don't believe you've put me in the position where I need to agree with studs. That's just <laughs> behaviour. What I think it do to a man in his first appearance <laughs> on the pod. Yeah, I need to agree with him. Um, it's a hell of a haul for the for the Panthers. And I say they've done well at this trade. They've, they've given out they've given up a weapon in CMC that when CMC has, you know, like functional limbs, he is the best dual threat running back in the league. He, he's, he just is. The, the big question mark is how often is he going to have functional limbs? Because as many a, many a fantasy football manager can attest to over the past, what, two, three seasons, there's been many a pick 101 has went that way and has killed a season. Um, the Panthers are in full rebuild. You know, they're blowing it up and they're starting all over again. There's chat about them knocking back multiple picks for people, which I think is going to 
be shown to be nonsense as we go throughout the year and they're going to keep giving away the best assets they have. I wouldn't be surprised to see them doing some more deals between now and the deadline to pick up even more draft capital. Um, I'm going to take my, my, my 30 seconds that I was promised to, to bemoan the fall of my, my, my hero and my saviour, Baker, who has somehow, and I'll talk about this later when we get onto the matches this week, somehow lost his job to a bananas in pyjamas, the PJ Walker. <laughs> <laughs> what the man has, and it pains me, it pains me, but it's indicative of everything about Caroline at the minute. It's blow it up, it's start all over again, and as Stud says, we are in a position where CMC is, is went to go and get himself a Super Bowl. At the end of the day, you know, I mean, a man of that talent, the career of a running back is not a long one, and he is everyday hopes coming back to full fitness in a position where he can actually help to drive a team on and take them well, well deep into the postseason. One thing I will say, if the Niners go anywhere less than the championship game, it's a complete failure of a season. And even then, dare you say anything less than getting to the Super Bowl is a failure? Team that's that stacked both sides of the ball? Got to be something that the the management team are all thinking, and all the fans of the Niners out there must be thinking it as well. Well, we will see what happens. I've only got two words to put on the end of that, is Jimmy Garoppolo, and we'll see <laughs> what limitations he brings to that star-studded team. Right, we'll move on to the next topic that's come up, and again, another trade. We've got James Robertson traded to the Jets for a conditional six. I think that can go up to a fifth based on, I think, if he achieves about 600 yards this season. Uh, Grant, any thoughts on this one? Do you think that's a good trade for the Jets? I think it's a good trade for both James Robinson and the Jets. Personally, I'm quite a big fan of James Robinson. I think as an undrafted rookie, he's came in, nobody expected him to do what he's done the last couple of years. Maybe got a wee bit unlucky with a bad injury last season. Then, obviously, nobody thought he was going to be fit for week one this year and just took over the same way he has always been, looked strong, looked powerful. The Jets, you could argue, when Reese Hall came in, we all knew he was going to be eventually the lead back there. He's slowly started to simmer in the last couple of weeks. He's looked amazing, unfortunately. He's now got a bad injury, but that move, as much as it's necessary, I think it's a good move for James Robinson as well because Etienne, on the other hand, was a first-round pick and was always going to take that work from him, being Trevor's safety blanket as well. So I think it's good for both. And I think he only needs 200, what is it, 260 or 290 yards to make that 600 threshold. So I think it's a good trade for both. Yeah, no, brilliant. Uh, I, I think I agree with that one. What about yourself, Kev? How do you, oh, sorry, uh, Brian. I think I was passing over you there and I just get too distracted by Kev's ravishing good looks. But yeah, why don't you, what do you think of that one? Uh, do you think that you can actually go into New York and stake a claim? The fact, obviously, they've already got Carter there as a run back who did really well for them last season. Can you see him making you know, an inroad into that Jets team? I think we're going to see a, a, a two-headed beast now from the Jets. We've already had the, the Jets coaching team have already been out saying that they are now 100% just going to ride the hot hand. So who's going to see the most work out of that backfield is going to be who earns it. Uh, I am really like Grant. I love a Cinderella story. I love James Robinson's story. Undrafted free agent gets in, 
takes the big hit, takes the big injury, keeps coming back for more. The man's the rocky of the football world. Doesn't matter how hard you get hit, it's how hard you get hit and keep moving forward. <laughs> and he does. And he's great to watch. He's fantastic to watch play the game. Um, and the Jets, I, I can't believe that I'm going to say this, are in a good position. The, the, the Jets are actually winning games. It's fantastic to see. But as much as you'll know, be happy. Um, as a resident Pats fan, um, but they are they're playing great football. Um, Zach Wilson's looking really good under centre, can particularly coming back as well himself for injury this year. Uh, and yeah, we're really all about can James Robinson stake that RB one claim? Well, the ball is very much in his court to do it. If he can play well, I think he can. Can he play well? Yep. So Ben, can I just jump in there? Zach Wilson's playing well. This this is the same Zach Wilson that's threw for under 250 yards in his last two games. He's good to He's watch. not been tested. He's basically been able to ride Brees Hall for two weeks. It will be interesting. I'm not saying he's not capable. It'll be interesting to see what he can do now that Brees... Because Brees Hall had the mother load over those last two weeks. Michael Carter was worked in now and again for breeders for Brees Hall. Can Zach Wilson be the focal point of that offence? That's what I want to see. Not saying he can't, but can he? Does he need to be? That's why they brought Robinson in. But Robert Salas came out, I think, over the last couple of days and says they're going to take a slow approach with James Robinson. So I think we're going to get a heavy hand in Michael Carter this week. And then it'll be maybe next week we'll see more of James Robinson. I think it'll be similar to CMC in the, at the weekend where we maybe see him for 20% of the snaps. I don't think we'll see a lot of Robinson this week. But as whether Wilson can control that offence to a point where he doesn't need to throw for more than for 26 to 30 attempts a game. Can he keep doing that and be successful? Well, it'll be interesting to see what happens when he's up against a Belichick defence anyway, so we shall see. Uh, I see ghosts. <laughs> let's hope so. <laughs> <laughs> right, uh, Robert, Robert Quinn traded to the Eagles for a fourth, which absolute perfect trade for us. Works in well. The fact we've got Kev, our Eagles fan on, and Grant, our Bears fan on. Kev, I'm going to hand it to you first. What do you think for your team? Sure. Um, personally, I'm delighted. Um, I think that a big part of the reason why we are 6-0, and the Eagles are 6-0 and right now, is because of the strength of our defence. Um, and we are building from a position of strength, bringing in an excellent pass rusher. I'd, I'd be interested to, to hear uh, what Grant's got to say about him, obviously, coming from his team. But, yeah, on the on the face of it, I'm delighted. Yeah, and there wasn't too much to give up either for it. Fourth seems decent no. value. Yeah, yeah, definitely. I mean, um, I think, yeah, we're going for it this year, I think, now. Uh, we talk about other potential trades, um, but I'm delighted with, with that trade. I think it's good value. Yeah, we'll have a look at those other potential trades later on in the show. Grant, are you gutted to lose your star man in defence or are you, are you happy to see the back of him? Um, I'm, I'm probably somewhere in the middle. Uh, the Bears going into this season, I think we all knew the previous regime left them with literally an empty cupboard to work with and no money to spend. I believe we're the worst in dead cap space this year and this trade just adds on to that. However, 
the long sighted or the long view is yes, you only got a fourth round pick for a guy who set the Bears sack record last year. But maybe if we had done the trade at the start of the season, we probably would have got more. But his contract is that big for a an aging pass pass rusher. It kind of needed to be we needed to take the hit. It was very similar to when the Broncos gave Von Miller away. It was a very similar, we'll eat the salary this year to get the pick. I think he's got quite a hefty salary for the next two years. So to get that off the books and allow the Bears to rebuild, because let's be honest, that's where we are. Um, but I, I don't. I also don't think he's played badly this year. I just don't think he's produced either. I think it's one sack in eight, uh, seven games. It's not quite there yet for me so I'm not too disheartened but I think it's a good move for the Eagles Yeah, yeah. Uh, what do you think of that Kev? Yeah I would say that um, he's been he's been double teamed a lot um, this season so far because he obviously his record last year and, and coming to the Eagles we're, we're so good in defence this year um, but if teams are going to continue to double team him then it's just going to create opportunities for others Um but hopefully he'll he'll get to uh, to show a bit more um, and a stronger day. No, we look forward to seeing what they can do. As I say, six and off, you've got to you know be be happy with what's happening this season, Kev. So you know we'll wait for bated breath. We'll just quickly go in with some breaking news that was coming just as we just before we kicked off tonight, guys. We've got Kadarius Tony has been traded to the Kansas City Chiefs. Another weapon for Mahomes. Might as well bring in our, our KC specialist, the expert that is Studs. How do you feel about that one, Studsy? To be fair, given, given Mahomes another whim when he's just put up 44 points on the number one defence is a scary, a scary, scary thought. There were rumour, there's been various rumours over wide receivers that they've apparently been making calls about. Brandon Cooks down in Texas has been one of them. The Kadarius Tony one I hadn't heard. Um, but I'm just going to put it in perspective with you boys just now on a tweet that I, I, I've seen earlier on today. Um, so, previously, Super Bowl down in Miami, we had The Rock doing the introductions. I watch it to this day. It still gives me goosebumps on my arms when I watch it. And he starts talking about the Legion of Zoom. <laughs> so, we had Sammy Watkins, Michael Hardman, Tyreek Hill, and Damien Williams on there. Now, Tyreek's down in Miami, people talking about the Legion of Zoom down in Miami. To put it into perspective, Mahomes' weapons now, Sky Moore, 4.41 speed in the, at his combine. Hardman, 4.33. Tony, 4.39. MVS, 4.37. Juju, at the outrageous 4.54. He'll have to work on that. And then Pacheco at a 4.37. These guys... The speed is going to hurt people. We've seen glimpses of Tony last year with some of his ability to get separation. Um, when he was at the Giants, unfortunately, hasn't been able to stay fit. If he stays fit, that is a frightening, frightening receiving call that Mahomes has got to pass to. And, oh, let's not forget, he's got Travis Kelsey as well as his safety blanket, if you like. It's a scary offense, it's a scary offense that Mahomes is going to be passing to. But again similar to what we've said about some of the trades so far, fitness is going to be that big key. Can, as Tony, as some of the memes would suggest, um, maybe not as injured as, as he 
it may be. Um, time will tell. But certainly an, an interesting young waiting for him. Made of believe uh, Made of <laughs> is the phrase you were looking for, but Functional limbs, Brian, I believe you, you described it as earlier. You know, we shall see. Like you say, it's frightening. Uh, it's utterly frightening. I really wish the listeners could see the size of the grin that is on this man's face because he is delighted with that trade. It's not easy. And yeah, if he can stay fit, healthy, uh, that is just uh, it's a scary offence they've got there. You know, Andy Reid will cook him up some amount of, uh, and Eric enemy will cook them up some amount of trick plays. You can just see him in the slot there, yards after catch, going through the roof as well. So, no, it'll be interesting just to see how that one pans out. Uh, and just to round up the headlines, we've had quite a lot to talk about actually as we've been through this, is one that's close to my heart. Guys, is there a QB controversy in New England? And was Mac benched? I'm going to take this one. I'm going to start it as my as the Pats fan of this uh, podcast today, this panel. I think it was a bit of a shit show, to be honest. Uh, I couldn't believe what Belichick was doing. Bring him in. If you, Don't you play Mac? You start Mac and you ride it out with Mac. If it's a total disaster by the fourth quarter, yeah, you bench him then. You put him down. But, you know, he was just blown off some rust. Not an issue with it. Was his interception? Did it hit the cable? I don't know if you've seen that one in Twitter where it slowed down. I, I don't know. You know, ESPN seemed to be saying no, it didn't. It was about 15 foot above it. But, you know, the, the camera, it must be a tricky eye that the camera, I think it probably just did touch it no more. If I'm, if I'm being honest, you know, because, you know, Mike does like throwing interceptions, you know. But, uh, or, if Mac wasn't quite fit enough to play the whole game, you start Zappi and you run with Zappi. They put Mac in for three series, whatever it was, and bench him in at the second half. That, that I think they just they made a complete mess of that uh, start to finish. We've just received word that's coming through there. Belichick studies Mark, Mac starts on Sunday against the Jets. So, Studs, what do you make of the QB controversy in New England? Well, there's there's a lot to take in there and some of the stuff you said and um with this QB controversy. You don't often see mistakes like this from the Patriots. You don't often hear fans talking about the Patriots being a shit show over the last, I don't know, twelve to fifteen years. Um maybe that's been a bit excessive, but again, from from that perspective, if you believe Bill Belichick, apparently this was all part of the plan in air quotes to give Mac a few reps but if memory serves I think Zappi's first play after coming in for Mac was a wide open receiver I'm forgetting which one um, down the field on his first pass surely if you're Mac Jones and you've just been pulled out of the game you're thinking that should be me in there making that pass I could have done that Um, listen guys coming off of a high ankle sprain um, which again, horror hit on a horror hit on him or a horror roll on the ankle. He looked in some severe amount of pain. Typically, when you're seeing guys in high ankle sprain, it's 46 weeks, I think. Um, he's back after just on the four weeks, maybe. Um, so maybe he's come back too early. Maybe Belichick's realised that and then he's trying to cover it up by saying it was part of a plan. Who knows? But certainly, what the Pats fans do know is, and and Mr. Zap, 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 they have a QB that's more than capable of stepping in to cover, um, and he's looked good when he's doing it. So, 
I don't think it's all doom and gloom for the Pats because you do have a good backup QB there. Um, so, yeah. But it's all whether Belichick's telling the truth. Yeah, I, th- I think we just need to wait and see what actually pans out. But yeah, I think it was a strange one. Like you say, it was very unpatriots-like, you know, to, uh, uh, to the way they handled that. But we move on. We're on to Cincinnati, or we're on to New Jersey, as the uh, as the famous sort of quote goes. But uh, yeah, that'll wrap up our headlines, I think, for this week. Uh, why don't we... We're here. Week seven. Who'd have thought it? To me, it still only seems last week we were doing the countdown. It was 100 days to the start of the new season, and that's week seven already in the books. Uh, We're actually almost at the halfway stage. Can you believe it? Oh, this week 17 has thrown off my uh, symmetry, and you know, I don't like that obvious uh, halfway point being moved. But we'll move on to a week seven roundup. And as a Pats fan, as it's well documented now. I think we just get this one out of the way quickly. Uh, I'm going to pass this one over to Grant, our Bears fan, to recap. Bears 33, Pats 14, in Gillette Stadium. Grant, take it away. I would just like to start by saying that after a very, very dismal showing against the Commanders, in which case, I also think we should have won that game. I thought for the first time in a few weeks, this was a really enjoyable game as a Bears fan to watch. I thought we looked so much better just in general. However, the Mac Jones thing, I don't know how much of issue his ankle sprain was. I think he's the only time he was gained yards in the first quarter when he was in was when he was running. I think he picked up a couple of first downs using his legs. Again, Angle's brain looked all right. Um, going into it, we were told that the Patriots, they were, they're known for stopping the run. I think, I think, I believe I may be the only person in the crew that picked the Bears to beat, upset the Pats for the first time in their franchise history. Um, I, I just believe that they, the Bears ran all over the top of them. I mean, 200-odd yards against the Patriots, a team that's renowned for stopping the run. They didn't have any answers. And then, once again, second half of the game, the Bears haven't gave up points, or they haven't gave up a touchdown again. I believe it's only one game this season. In general, it was a great game for me. I don't know if it was as enjoyable for yourself, Danny. Pass. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to move on that one right? I'm, I'm, I'm going to try and be professional here I'm going to bring in Brian Donlan tell me about Justin Fields is he going to be the real deal or not one swallow a summer does not make He's, he looked good he did look good against the, but the Pats collapsed hilariously I don't, have a, I don't have any particular dog in this fight but watching the Pats collapse is always great fun um, I don't know. I'm not sold. I'm not sold on field. He's he's shown in flashes that he's good, but he's also shown in flashes that he is. Look at the start of the season. Start of the season, he couldn't. You could have taken def- defenses off the field at the start of the season, and he still wouldn't have found an open receiver. So I don't know. I don't know. He's yeah. Is that about the Bears' receiving core? Is that feel? I I don't know. I'm I'm not sold on him yet. 
Grant, is there anything there? Did you see any hints of, you know, something, a wee gem, a wee nugget there that can just be polished up and you've actually got your franchise quarterback? I've, I've kind of always had, I, th- I believe when we were all watching the draft together, I don't think I made it any secret that I, Fields was the quarterback I wanted. Never thought he would have dropped to the Bears. And I never understood this narrative that all the way up to that draft, it was Trevor Lawrence was going one, Fields was going two, and then what was it, two weeks, 10 days before the draft, all of a sudden his whole stock started to plummet and people start talking about, oh, Zach Wilson's going second, Trey Lance might go second. And I never really seen where it came from. If anything, we were talking about at the start of the year, a lot of the American, I don't know, experts were all saying that the Bears have the worst roster in football. I mean, I'm not really going to argue with it. We've got the most sacked quarterback in the league. We probably have the worst O-line in the league. We don't really have any receivers. We had no draft capital to improve the team. We had no money in the free agency to go and get somebody to help them. I mean, it was always going to be tough sledging this year. I think over the last couple of years, plus we've got a new head coach, new offensive coordinator, all of these things put together, right now we're at the midpoint of the season, they were never going to be a great couple of weeks in, but all these things have started to, you're starting to see every week that starting to come together, the run game's been a shining example, now now they're starting to move them out the pocket, this was the first time we've seen designated QB runs, and it worked, you can't tell me that... uh, he throws a great deep ball. He, I think even last season, he was one of the most accurate for deep shots down the field as well. So he's got the arm talent. He can obviously run. There's a lot to work there. Get him a couple of weapons and that. If he's playing, if he can do that on a bad team, give him the weapons round about him and an O-line to give him a bit of protection. I mean, Joe Burrows is destroying teams with weapons and he's getting smashed every week. Give him weapons. Let's see what he can do. Yeah, not great. Uh, is that some uh, breaking news there, Brian? Looks like we do. Looks like we we do. Apparently, I've not looked into this massively myself. It's literally coming in as I speak, but it looks like Jamal Chase is dealing with an injury, dealing with a hip injury. Um, expected to sideline in four to six weeks, potentially IR bound. What? Does that do to the Bengals? Now, they've got one of the more talented receiving calls in football. So, you know, can can the other guys step up? Can Burrow cope without having Chase with him? As much as it pains me to give any praise to Joe Burrow and the Bengals, it, I would have assumed, yes, he can. But losing a receiver to Chase's calibre is a massive loss to any team. Oh, definitely. That, that's a massive blow to Joe, Joey B. Uh, yeah, we'll get uh, studs. What's your take on that one? That breaking news? It's uh, I, sensational I'm stuff. Probably about to start crying since I just traded for him in fantasy. <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, You'll not be the only one crying about that sort of injury uh, yeah. tonight. So, I'm uh, right now, whilst you boys are talking, I'm looking on the waiver wire to see what's available. <laughs> um, so, right now, I've Basically, got all my IR spots are full as well. So I've currently got two players in IR. Um, 
So I will need to be doing some creative movements um, to get someone in to potentially cover that. Although having options such as Diggs and Hopkins as mother two wide receivers isn't as isn't bad. Um, so um, I can't be too down downbeat on it. Although I did oh, just release Tony. <laughs> So don't take fantasy tips from you. That that's what I'm understanding here. Or you're a jinx. Right, we'll move on. We'll move on to the, key, the the rest of the key games for week seven. We're barely through this year. We're already forty minutes just about into this podcast. We're gonna I move on here. Uh, Brian Donlan, tell us all about what happened between the Bucks and the Panthers in week seven. It's it, it is a story of David not only beating Goliath but watching Goliath die and then beating him to death some more. Are, are we witnessing the the fall of Tom Brady? Are we watching it live, live on ESPN? You are seeing Tom Brady get beat down by teams who are running third-string quarterbacks. Even you look through the game, it started... The, the, talk about an ignominious start when you have got a wide-open Mike Evans. Touchdown bound. It's going nowhere other than the end zone. And he somehow touched the ball about six times. And then Julera hit the deck. It's a, it, it all started there. That set the Bucks up for what was going to happen. We move on for that. You then had Brady throwing third and 11. It should have been picked. How he didn't get, uh, get a couple interceptions this game. I have no idea. Uh, and then we seen Carolina absolutely lay them. Because they kept it simple and they pounded the rock. They just went. They handed over to... <laughs> to John Foreman and Chuba Hubbard, those those household names at running back, even without CMC, they just absolutely ran clean over the top of the Bucks. We then we had more all the way through the game, late in the third quarter, third and eight. Uh, Brady thrown to Godwin, and it was as if it was a hail mary. It was so so overthrown. Um, sorry, that was at the start of the. Start of the second, um, when it was so overthrown, it was as if he was, you know, dying moments trying to save the game. Uh, we then seen PGM actually step up and show that he might be a third string quarterback, but he can make some throws. DJ Moore doing all of the stuff that we know DJ Moore can do. He's a very talented receiver. He's don't think it's a massive shocker to him to say he's been let down by quarterback play over the past couple of seasons. Um, on the theme of fantasy, many a DJ Moore owner has been devastated by the calibre of quarterback play that he's had. But we then move in, we start to move towards the tail end of the, the second quarter and we go for PJ Walker to PJ Slaughter. 11 straight conversions, straight in, boom, end zone, touchdown, incredible stuff. Move into the second half, and it is more of the same for the Bucks. We've got Brady missing receivers, big overthrows, Godwin trying his best to be acrobatic and make things happen. But at the end of the day, the service he was getting just really, really wasn't there. And we then had probably the, the telling moment of the entire game. Seven minutes and three in the clock, third and one, hand for net the ball, for nope. Nothing stuffed. We then move it's fourth and one, hand him it again, and a hell no. He goes nowhere, stuffed, turnover and downs, and it just goes from 
bad to worst. We then watch the Panthers show the Bucks how it's done on the ground. We've then got Foreman going for massive runs. We've got uh, Hubbard then banging it in for the touchdown. And again, we're still seeing nothing from Tom Brady. We got to the point where we had the, what was it, third and, uh, yeah, third, uh, fourth quarter, 13, 14 o'clock, fourth down, down by 14, and we go for a field goal. That's, that's a damning indictment of your offence. You know, you're down by 14, you've still got a chance at that point. I mean, there was a lot of time still to play in the clock, but they go for three. It's never, it just shows you what, don't know, the coaching staff are thinking or, or how they think about how their offense is playing at the minute. Yeah, it's from a team that, you know, we all seen the pictures of uh, fun Tom Brady. Fun Tom Brady who left the, left the Patriots, won a Super Bowl with someone else and showed us he still had it. Should he have retired on a high? Should he have retired when everything was going well? Now, it, it does need to be said, the Bucks have got a lot of, they're missing a few key pieces. You know, they are missing key pieces on defence, which obviously doesn't help. But Panthers, D stepped up. You hold them to three points, 3.1 yards per carry, big stops in key moments, and Bucks just couldn't get it done. Well, let's take that question you're just, you, you asked there. Kev, should Tom Brady have retired, stayed retired? Uh, I, I don't I don't think so. No, I mean, if, if if the GOAT feels like he's still got something left to give, then then he's got every right to carry on. Um, and I think, I mean, I think he's still done well last year. Um, he's struggling right now, there's no doubt about that. Uh, but like Brian said, I think they've, they, they've got quite quite a few injuries they can't really get a settled a settled team at the minute and um yeah we'll, we'll, we'll watch that closely no it'll be interesting to see what happens you know it's been a while since tom brady's found himself in this position with this you know there may be something said about bringing back bruce arians but we'll wait see we'll move on to our next game uh kev i think you can tell us about it it was another shocker in the the nfc we had uh the green bay packers going up against the washington commanders uh, tell us your thoughts on that one. Sure. Um, well, I think um, if you listen to every every one of the guys in the crew, then it was an upset. Um, every single one is, I think, um, had had tipped Green Bay. Um, but really, I I don't think looking back at it, it that should have come as 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 much of an upset uh, because the Commanders have been pretty steady, um, just kind of marching on, even. Um, losing Wentz, they're just kind of carrying on about their business. Um, and obviously, Green Bay uh, are, are really struggling at the minute. Um, similar to their London game, they, you know, they started off pretty well, but they're just losing their way. Um, something's just not right. Um, Rogers is, is, is struggling to, to gain big yards. Um, and in the middle of the game, they just uh, completely collapsed. Um, I think they lost 20 points uh, without reply. Um, to lose a lead and go down, um, and then just couldn't quite recover. So yeah, I think um, it's going to be interesting to watch again to see how um, how they go on for here. Oh, definitely, uh, studs. Would once you're finished in your waiver while that is, the commanders are they a better team with Heineke than Wentz? 
yes <laughs> is the short <laughs> answer <laughs> tell us the long one <laughs> so, to be completely honest we've been through this Wentz experience enough times Kev you've lived it um, as an Eagles fan Colts fans have lived it where every time Wentz runs with the ball you watch him you're like oh ah oh no he's okay oh ah he's maybe hot no he's okay oh no crap he's hot that's the life of a fan watching Carson Wentz he holds on to the ball too long when he tries to scramble he's got chocolate ankles we've been here with Carson Wentz sorry if you're a fan of any of those teams you must have had enough what does Taylor Heineken need to do to be the starter in Washington he stepped in for Alex Smith, almost beat Tom Brady in the playoffs. He's then stepped in again last year. Didn't look bad. He got hurt as well, I do think, last year as well. And then he's came in and he's went to Lambeau and beat the Green Bay Packers on their own turf. And did he look in any real danger? No. Was he spectacular? No. But a coach like Ron Rivera, for me, can scheme round about that you have Ron Rivera's teams notoriously difficult to beat give Heineke the ball do it be strong enough like the Colts have benching Matt Ryan and going with the young guy now, I know Heineke isn't particularly young but I think the commanders have got more chance of success with Heineke leading that offense Terry McLaurin has been anonymous so far for the season which again fantasy owners will, will know all about Heineke brings him into the fold. First game Heineke's in, starting. What does McClellan do? Touchdown. Wins the game. Game winning touchdown, I think, as well. So, for me, give Heineke the reins. See what he can do the rest of the season. Bench, Carson Wentz. Let's see yep. what the commanders do. Yep. It'll be interesting to see what happens there and develops there, whether he can keep that starting job or not. As I say, and as a Terry McClellan fantasy owner, uh, I'm absolutely delighted to see him in there. So, right, move on. This next game was my pick for uh, Game of the Week last week. I thought it would be a high-scoring one. I'd even tipped to back the over. The over was 50. And this one finished Seattle 37, Chargers 23. Uh, yeah, what can we really say about this game? It was just Walker ran the show. Uh, it was really a beatdown from uh, start to finish for the for Seattle to go off to a, a bit of shaky start. There was an early interception. I think it was maybe the second play or something like that for Gino. But, you know, goes on to throw two touchdown passes to uh, Marquise Goodwin. He came out of nowhere to obviously pop up in most waiver wires, I think, uh, for this week. Uh, yeah, it's, it's, it was another uh, heavy week, obviously, injuries for the Chargers as well. There was that quite severe, nasty-looking injury that happened to uh, their uh, star cornerback, JC Jackson. I know he's not the best start to his Chargers uh, career so far, but you know you don't like to see him to go down like that. But yeah, it was they just managed to shut the Seattle D just managed to shut down that rush attack. Although Chargers rush 
hasn't been that great this year. I know Eckler's a dual threat. He's he'll always score you sort of fantasy points, but you know they've been pretty poor rushing the ball all year. Uh, I think obviously losing Slater and that all line's not helped. There's a, a Pro Bowl caliber uh, lineman they've lost out, and they're able just to limit Herbert as well to a lot of big plays. You know, uh, okay, now getting through my notes here, it was seventeen nil by the end of the first quarter to Seattle. They had already picked off Herbert. They had managed to strip sack Herbert and turn that for a field goal. So on the back of two turnovers, they managed to score 10 points as well as their opening touchdown. You know, getting into the same quarter, even when DK Metcalf's getting ruled out with injury, Eckler manages to get a touchdown back. There's then a fumble uh, and... Uh, they managed to pull it back to 17-14 as they're going through and you think, okay, maybe we'll want a game here. But, you know, before before the end of the half, Gino steps up, goes on seven plays, 73-yard touchdown to Goodwin, 24-14 and a half. And that was the play where JC Jackson pulls up with that quite serious knee injury. It's going to roll him out for the season. Going to third quarter, absolutely superb stuff from Seattle, from my point of view. They go on a massive a drive. It takes 10 minutes off the clock. And okay, it only ends up in a field goal. But you've just ripped 10 minutes off the play clock there. That is a great management as far as I'm concerned. And you pick up some points. Uh, they then That's then forcing Chargers to start throwing it. You've got Williams then goes down and I think it was a fourth and 14th play. Rangers, he falls pretty badly or twists his knee pretty badly. And then bang up Steph Walker with that 74-yard touchdown run just to ice the game. So, And yeah, there's another record touchdown in Gardner times, I say, yeah, that's rank you up some fantasy points. I'm sure there's a few people cheering that one. But at the end of the day, that the Chargers just aren't firing all cylinders now. You know, it doesn't help with their, the amount of injuries they've got and they're picking up. But I think big questions have got to be asked soon of Brandon Staley and whether he's actually the man to believe in it so it'll be interesting to see what happens there Grant have you got any thoughts on that game were you able to watch any of that I was because the Bears were on Monday night I was on I was part of the Red Zone crew for that so I was actually quite surprised that it didn't really show you a lot of the Chargers which nine times out of ten tells the story in itself when you're when you're watching Red Zone you sit there and go I don't see the Chargers doing anything really so I was I'm one that's been quite surprised with the Seahawks this year, but at the same time, the Chargers haven't lived up to expectations, I think. I think they've struggled this year. I'm a bit like you. Is Brandon Staley the man there? I'm not sure. Well, we'll see how the rest of this season plays out. You know, the 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 AFC West was going to be the juggernaut of a division. You know, it was finally somebody was going to take the KC crown. We're going to have the rivals and the Broncos and the Raiders and Chargers look like a Super Bowl caliber team. And it's the same old story. The, the other three are flowering to deceive. And Kansas have got another easy stroll into a bye because uh, another easy division. But uh, yeah, we'll see. We'll, speaking of KC, speaking of uh, the AFC West studs, I know for a fact that you watched Kansas 49ers game. Can you tell us a bit about that one? I absolutely watched all of that and I lapped it up, eh, to be honest. I did try to push for it as game of the week with it being a Super Bowl replay earlier in the um, 
last week's uh, preview. Um, that didn't start off all rosy for the Chiefs, let's be honest. The news of CMC coming in, how, how much was he going to play was, was always going to be a factor as well. Um, so not the best start for the Chiefs, finding themselves 10-0 down halfway through the first quarter. And I need to get, for the actual interception that part through, I do need to give complete and utter props to um, Hufanga, the 49ers player that actually made that pick. That was an unbelievable pick. I have seen similarities um, of the pick with a certain Hall of Famer from the Pittsburgh Steelers, who I'm also led to believe that he trains with in Troy Polamalu. Um, and it's it was a scary pick. Tipped up in the air, makes an unbelievable play to catch that ball. That led to the 49ers taking the 10-0 lead. And from there, that was pretty much all she wrote of the 49ers offence. After that, it was all about Pat Mahomes um, and leading this team. It was, again, looking at Pat Mahomes, it's as if he gets a double-digit deficit and then decides, okay, let's play now. Let's see what we can do. He's actually got a winning percentage when he's in double-digit deficits. Um, so he's got a better than 50% record when he's in double deficits, which for me seems quite unbelievable. Um, the, fo- the 49ers themselves must have been having nightmares um, of third and long. I'm pretty sure Jet Chip Wasp was still in their minds from that Super Bowl because they could not stop the Chiefs in third and long throughout the entire game. We had third and 20, screen pass to Jared McKinnon, get those big blockers out in front. The Jet just absolutely rips that defence. Um, okay, third and long again. What we're going to do this time? MVS, up, Chavarius Ward, see you later. I'm just going to catch this one um, miles down the field. And then another third and long that stands out was the obvious Juju touchdown, where I think he went for 40-plus yards on the back of that as well. So the 49ers will be having nightmares if they come up against the Chiefs again of third and long because they just cannot seem to stop them. Um, From, again, I'd mentioned earlier on, we had the 49ers' number one defence in the league. The Chiefs just laid 532 total yards on the number one defence. The weapons that the Chiefs have is frightening. Um, obviously, we've mentioned they've added to it as well. So one of the play- most pleasing things for me to see, we've spoke all season um, in, the, in the media about what's the Chiefs wide receiving core going to do without Tyreek Hill. Juju and MVS, both of them over 100 yards in this game. MVS didn't get his score, Juju did, but again, two wide receivers over 100 yards, and then you've got McCall Hardman coming out of that backfield. The first, His first two rushing touchdowns were literally, let's just do a jet sweep. We'll go to the left. Oh, there's a touchdown next time. Okay, boys, we'll go to the right. Guess what? Same outcome, touchdown. The 49ers had no answer for that jet sweep with McCall Hardman, and then he even got a receiving touchdown in there as well. So... I'm led to believe that's the first wide receiver in the Super Bowl era with two two rushing touchdowns and one receiving touchdown in a game. So all in all, it was nice and rosy for the Chiefs. 
the defence started to pick off on Jimmy Burrow, getting a safety later on with Frank Clark before he serves a lovely two-match suspension. Um, yeah, all in all, happy Chiefs fan. If you're a 49ers fan, you're having nightmares. Brian Donlan, I'm going to ask you the question. We've already spoken a wee bit earlier about the 49ers, so we're not getting too much of them, but where is the weakness in the Kansas City Chiefs? Do they have one? Um, no, and it is so hard to say it. Um, <laughs> I, I, on it, yeah, um, my my gut reaction to it would have been saying something like, you know, do do they have a replacement for the big speedy deep? Well, not speedy, but the big big deep threat. Uh, and and yeah, yeah, they just just went out and get them. Uh, <laughs> just got trade for them. Uh, honestly, they're, they're the team to be. I know that like, I'm a big fan of the Bills in terms of like, I enjoy watching the Bills play. Uh, I think they're a really great team to watch, but it's hard to see past Casey. They do both. They're a, a dirty, dirty team, and I'm still not over that helmet to helmet in the playoffs a couple of years back to the Browns. But um, I offense, defense, special teams. They are as near as you've got in the league to the whole package. They really are. Yeah, we'll see. We'll see. I think it's going to be another repeat of the Bills versus Kansas in the AFC Championship game, but we'll see who comes out. Studs, is there anything you would like to uh, counter there to Brian's argument, or are you just going to come on and uh, drill some more and uh, continue your, your camera stand to steam <laughs> up a bit there? I think you're enjoying this too much. I'm going to sweep by Brian's comments because they're utterly irrelevant because I'm curious to hear what you boys think. Do we think the Arrowhead Invitational is going to happen again this year? Or do we think it's going to go Casey Buffalo and Buffalo this year? Right, quick run round then as we can move on. I'm aware of the time here. Kev, what do you think? Where is the FC Championship game going to be played? Assuming... It's going to be against Kansas and Buffalo. I would just go for Buffalo. Grant? I think it's Buffalo this year. Brian? Oh, screw you, studs. Casey? <laughs> I'm going Buffalo as well. So, yeah, we'll, we'll wait and see. We'll see, wait and see what happens. There's lots of football we played before that, and you never know, there might be another Bengals-type match shows up. And a hat arrowhead in that uh, divisional game, and well, or that was the, the championship game. Sorry, uh, but you never know. That was a, a bit of a uh, an underdog one there, so you never know what can happen in these games in the playoffs. Right, we'll move on uh, to week eight. Uh, we'll see if the games are obviously going to be kicking off soon. We've got about three hours or so, I think, until Thursday night football kicks off. There's been obviously a bit of a poor run of games. Uh, recently, uh, I'm sure uh, Mr. Bezos is uh, gutted about the billions that he spent and seen some of the games that they've served up. But I think tonight should be pretty good. I don't know what you guys think. We've got the four and three Ravens, the three and four Tampa Bay Buccaneers. Uh, Studs, how do you see this one going? Uh, will Tom Brady bounce back in prime time? This one for me is a difficult, a very difficult one to call. You've got two very big upset producers. Let's be honest. Um, Brian touched earlier on about the players that the Bucks are missing. Um, so yeah, lots of injuries on the Bucks there. The injuries on both sides. For me, the big ones are can they replace the guys like Winfield Jr., 
Murphy Bunton and Davis the third. These guys have been pivotal to that secondary. Again, Danny, you mentioned last week the Bucks defense, uh, how electric they can be with the likes of Levante David up front and uh, Devin White. These guys are elite players, but they're elite players at the linebacker position. What's happening behind them? That then leads you very nicely for me into Mr. Jackson. Um, can Lamar Jackson find the holes behind that um, those linebackers, which is going to be behind Andrews, who's coming off an injury? Is Rashad Bateman fully fit? Again, these these are all the kind of difficult questions to kind of, for me to answer. If I was pushed to pick one, I'd probably go for the Ravens. Um, just because, for me, I think Lamar Jackson has that X factor. He's rushing ability is not in doubt, let's be honest. And over the last few weeks, where have we seen the Bucs surprisingly torched? It's the run game. Carolina ran over the top of those those guys. Um, you had Chuba Hubbard going for plus 100. You had the four, Dante Foreman going for over 100. KC ran over the top of them as well. And again, I get KC can do that to other teams as well. Their run defence isn't as good as what, what, was, what we've seen in the past or what we've been used to. And is that because they're busted up in the secondary? Are they aware of how, how weak they are back there? For me, I'm probably just edging it to the Ravens. But I do think it'll be a good game. And I do think if Brady's wide receivers can... Um, cut out the crap and those uncharacteristic drops um, then I think we're in for a good game Yeah, I, I think so, I think it's got all the meanings of it uh, Grant, what do you think is going to happen tonight, do you think it's going to be a, a good game to start with? I think it'll be a good game but I feel that this could be one of the really early and I, I know it's obviously a cliche but this could be a season defining game for both teams here, opening couple of weeks, the Ravens were on fire. Were they not the highest scoring team through the first three weeks or something? They were absolutely torching teams. I know they've obviously been hurt with a couple of injuries and like we say, the Bucks have been kind of slowly burning. I know they've got a load of injuries and stuff, but they've been not the Bucks that we're used to seeing and I think everybody here is just waiting on that performance that will get them to kickstart themselves to get them going again. You can never write off Tom Brady, you really can't. Does a, does a win over a team like the Ravens really kickstart them? But I, I think this is one of the ones that whoever loses this, this could be a really big one for them. There will be major changes afterwards, I think. Yeah, it'll be an interesting one. Obviously, there's Ravens themselves have got some injury concerns. I think Andrews is not practicing so far this week anyway. So it'll be I don't I don't know if he's ruled out yet or will he'll be a game time a game time decision. But yeah, that, that that's gonna be an interesting one. In my picks I have picked the Ravens to win, but I have changed my mind. Uh, you've put up such a good argument that I'm actually going to change to the Bucks purely because I've not been overly impressed with the Ravens when I've seen them. They have been insisting they're going to lose games. They love nothing more than try to throw away a game in the fourth quarter. They were lucky again last week. They probably should have lost that one, I think. Uh, yep. Uh, but 
Yeah, so I'm going to switch my pick to the Bucks, and I think they're going to do another fourth quarter comeback by Tom Brady. Mr. Donlan. They should absolutely have lost last week. That foul at the end for that field goal, nobody moved. It was a game of musical statues where everyone was a winner. As always, we can depend on a few things in the NFL. The fact that the refs hate the Browns is absolutely one of them. <laughs> Try to keep a straight face here. Oh, the refs hate the Browns. Jeez, oh man. No, you, you don't sound better at all. I'm going to say you're coming across here as measured and professional. <laughs> always. Well, who's, who's your pick for this game then? Ravens or Bucks? I Ravens. know how much you love the Ravens. Are you picked Ra- the Ravens? Yeah, Ravens. I think they're, they're going to do it. They're going to do it, but Carolina did. They're going to run clean over the top of them. Uh, Lamar's not been great. Uh, well, past week three, um, he's, yeah, he, but he's, he's, he's Lamar. He runs, you, you back off him because you think he's going to chuck the pass and he just tucks and he goes for 20 yards. Um, the, the Bucks are so banged up at the minute. I just, yeah, I don't see it. Although, prime time, Tom Brady. If he's going to do it any time, he's going to do it prime time. So, right, well, let's do a one trend about who's all aboard the Gus bus then. Studs, are the Ravens going to win this one? Yes. Brian, Mister Dolan, we know you're on the Gus bus. Grant, Gus bus. Aye, uh, Ravens. Kev. Yeah, I'm going to go Ravens as well. I'm just hoping for a return to form from Lamar from my fantasy this week. He's letting me down badly the last few the last few games. As people might know, uh, listeners can't see, but obviously the crew here know, uh, I just can't vote against the guy who I've got a six-foot cardboard cutout of and sitting staring at me in my room here. I'm not going against Tom Brady, so I'm happy to be the lone wolf in this one. Right, move on to the next game we've got sort of highlighted in our watch list. Uh, We have another London game this weekend, guys. It's Wembley Stadium. We have the 2-5 Broncos and their at the two and five Jags, so Mister McSevenny, how's this one going to go? How's this one going to play? Is Russell Wilson going to play after doing, you know, burpees or whatever he was doing in the middle of the aisle at seven four seven? I mean, there's a lot you can say about Russell Wilson. Um, personally, I used to really, really like him, but he's one of those guys. He's now becoming a caricature of himself, is he not? Like, I'm pretty sure. He'll stop at Subway and get a danger witch before he comes <laughs> up the game. And obviously, he's done a load of dangerous stuff in his career, so he said. Um, I I was never buying into the Broncos were only a quarterback away. Um, I believe, I can't remember who said it, but somebody said if you took Russell Wilson's legs away from him, you would get Baker Mayfield. It could <sighs> potentially be worse now that he's not got his legs. Um, I, they've been so poor. There was a start there. They're in a bottom five in red zone percentage um, this season. And on the other side of that, Trevor Lawrence has been, you, you can't say outstanding, but he's starting to show all the reasons why he is a first round pick. Doug Peterson's he's experienced enough. He's made it quite easy for him. They've went out and got a couple of targets for him to hit. Etienne has grown into a game. Um, I, I can't see past the Jags. I thought the Jags were terribly unlucky not to beat the G-Men last weekend. Um, I, I really think the Jags are doing all right this year. I think they've got to 
they're going to continue to scrap, but I, I, can't, I just can't see past them. The Broncos have given me nothing to encourage me to go. This will be the breakout game for them. No, well, I don't want to dwell too much in this game. You know, it's two, two and five teams. They're, they're not exactly uh, contenders. I think we'd all agree with that. But, you know, we'll give them special consideration since they've flown this side of the Atlantic. So let's again, why don't we do some picks? Studs, who have you got winning this one? I'm absolutely on the back of the Jags so based on what they're doing. Um, and I think it's Jags win, fire sale in Denver, Chubb, Judy, Hamler. The rumours are all ready starting. They go bye-bye and it's full rebuild mode. Yeah. Brian? Three for three. All Jags. Etienne is going to feast now that he's got that backfield to himself. It's a very bitter Cortland Sutton fantasy owner. I just want to see the man get targets, but it ain't going to happen. That Denver offence is absolutely horrendous. Kev, do you agree? Yeah, yeah, I think that makes it a full house, does it? Um, I, I yeah. would say, yeah, I, I would say Jags for this one. Denver are awful. Yeah, that's a full house. Right, Brian, you're, this is my game of the week, I think. Uh, I don't know about you guys, but again, I'm on the, the Seahawks bus here. Uh, we've got the 6-1 Giants at the Seattle Seahawks are currently 4-3. and three. How do you see this one playing out? I've seen here the spread. Seattle are minus three. Minus three is, yeah, it's about right. I'm on I'm on Team G-Men for this one. Um, I won't lie, after seeing them in London, I've developed a wee bit of a soft spot for the G-Men this year. Uh, Saquon is doing Saquon things. They are... <laughs> Everybody wishes they could see studs doing a wee dance right now as a very happy Saquon fantasy owner. Um, yeah, you know, they've got no receivers, yet somehow Dimes is still making passes. He's still making things happen. He's, he's a threat in the ground as well. Um, in defence, they've been playing well. They did really... They're, they're bizarre to watch on defence. When I was watching them in London, it was like, between the 20s, you can have whatever you want. You hit the red zone, we are giving you nothing. Um, which, <laughs> you can stop teams scoring touchdowns, you're going to be laughing. Uh, I don't know how they rank in terms of red zone defence, but last time I looked, it was pretty competitive. So, yeah, I'm I'm really on Team G-Men for this one. Um, I've been enjoying watching them this year. I have been enjoying Gino. Everyone's been enjoying Gino. Um, anybody that tells me they've seen that one coming before the season started is absolutely at it. But yeah, I, I think the, the Gino fairy tale is going to start to come to an end and we're going to see the G-Men keep going. Yeah, again, they're 6-1. I had the, the pleasure of uh, pre or reviewing the Giants game from last week. Uh, watch what they can do. They're, a, they're actually a very well-run team. It's very well coached up. They're doing the great things with Daniel Jones with his legs. You know, he is looking like a running threat now. Uh, they'll obviously trade away Kadoni, uh, Tony. Sorry, Kadiri's Tony. The only thing I would say is probably point out, and this is why I fancy Seattle this week, is two big injuries there and two of their, their big rookies. Uh, Daniel Bellinger, the tight end, who's had a great start of the the season uh, obviously get that nasty eye injury and it's unlikely his season could be done I, I believe he's going to need surgery uh, and Evan Neal uh, their offensive lineman who they took well, in the first five picks six picks whatever it was uh, he's looks like he's going to be missing three to four weeks uh, Kev 
do you think that will have any sort of impact in this game? Can you see another Kenneth Walker running all over the top of them with, with you know, these guys missing? I wouldn't put anything past Kenneth Walker, um, the way he's been playing lately. Um, and, yeah, f- for me, I, I, I see the Seahawks winning this one. Um, yeah, I, I'm going to go Seahawks. Nice one. Right, we've got two Seahawks. Studs, who are you picking this one? I have been on the Saquon train in fantasy from the start. I have this week jumped on the Danny Dimes to help cover my bye week. I haven't played them the last two weeks and it's cost me and worried them. Um, so I am fully on the G-men this week. Uh, I think Seattle, yeah, they've been great to watch. Um, some unbelievable results for a team that was probably tipped to be near the top of the draft order uh, next next April, March. Um, so for me, but for me, I'm hoping and believing that it's more Saquon, more Danny Dimes, and it's all about the G-men. Grant, where, where's your money going? I've, I've flipped on this one quite a few times, but I must say, I'm not sold on the G-men at all this year. Is it the six wins? They're all came to one-score games. A load of close games. I... And on top of that, I've no back to Seahawks at all this year and it's burst every coupon that I've basically had. So <laughs> I think it's about time that I flipped and went Seahawks. But I'm, I like Brian Dayball and I think that the Giants somehow are winning games, but I'm no sold on them. Well, again, minus three. We'll see what happens. I, again, I, I fancy Seahawks to win this, but I don't fancy them to cover. Uh, we'll quickly just go through one more key game. I think it's worth mentioning. The Buffalo Bills are minus 10.5 against the Packers. Crazy. I don't know if that line has come down any. Just the last time I looked at it, I think that's what I owned that. Kev, the Buffalo cover yeah. that? Um, do you know what? I couldn't, I couldn't be sure. I, I would say yes. Um, I think it couldn't be a worse game um, for Green Bay. Um, you know the, the the position they're in just now, the way they've been struggling the last few weeks, and now we're, we're Lazard injured as well. Um, I think it's only going to get tougher. Um, so yeah, I, I think Buffalo, I think Buffalo will cover that spread. Yeah, Bills straight off a bye, they'll be feeling fresh at home. It's hard not yeah. to see them covering. Are we in agreement here, Grant? What do you think? Uh, I'll root for MD that's playing the Packers to be honest so guys <laughs> even the Pats it's close but I need to go against the owner of the, the Bears don't I so I as well <laughs> Brian who do you think is going to win this one there are not enough hallucinogens in the world to see the Packers <laughs> through the Bills the Bills are going to take this at a canter another clean sweep there studs Absolutely, as there's no chance I'm putting anything on the Packers based on what I've seen this year. Um, so, yeah, full house. Nice one. We'll move on then. I see time's getting on. It's amazing just how long or uh, how quickly time goes when we're, we're talking about some good football here. Uh, like last week, we had our top pick six. Uh, and we'll just quickly run through that one again. Uh, so what we're looking at here is our top fantasy quarterbacks, top fantasy wide receiver, Top fantasy uh, D's, 
our biggest blowout matches and what match we think of the week. So, Kev, come to you. Who is your top fantasy quarterback in week eight? Um, I think I'm going to have to go Josh Allen. Um, just like you talked about, fresh off a bye week. Um, yeah, I think playing against a struggling team, uh, I think he's going to blow up this week. Yeah, it's hard to see past him, isn't it? Especially with that Jamar Chase uh, story that just came out as we've been recording here. So that's obviously Joey B's on fire. Does that impact him? Uh, Grant, what about yourself? Any Who's your fantasy pick uh, quarterback? Um, I think it's got to be Jalen Hurts. I think going against that torch, the Steelers' secondary is absolutely done with injuries. I see that is it TJ Watts maybe just been pushed to come back off IR? But I, he's not going to make that game, I don't think. Um, but I, I just kind of see past Jalen Hurts. I think we've got too many weapons and I think Steelers are too banged up. Yeah. Well, put your money on it, folks. They've got to win your games this week. Right, studs, who's your, who's your top fancy running back this week? Who's going to do the damage? Listen, I am going to... There's a lot of good options this week. Let's be honest, Brian, close your ears. Mixing against a porous Browns defence who have let probably everybody under granny. I'm sure Liz Trust probably ran on them at some point this year. Um, so it's the that Joe Mixon's certainly an option there. You've got Derek Henry, the Yeti, against an unbelievably bad Houston Texans defence that hasn't stopped anyone. But I'm going to go for Mamohan. He's given me no reason to doubt him this year. I'm going to go Saquon Barkley. The Seattle Seahawks run defence isn't great. For me, I'm going Saquon. Brian Donlan, last week the guys correctly told our listeners to go for Josh Jacobs. He was going to be the number one running back in fantasy. And uh, as far as I can see, that came true. Who's your pick? Who's the one that is going to come true this week? Is it Saquon? Is it George Jacobs again? Who you got? There is only one king and his name is Henry. He is going to run clean over the Texans. They are the 32nd ranked run D in the league for a reason. The man is a mountain. You let him run at you and he will run over you. And we know from years of experience that they are more than happy to let that man have not 10 touches a game, not 15 touches a game, 20 plus touches a game, all the yards, all the touchdowns. It's going to be Henry. There's no one else that's going to touch him this week. I'm taking a note of this. We will see what's going to happen. Right, who won it? Top wide receivers. Right, I'm going to come back to you with this one, Kev, then. Who have you got, your top wide receiver? Uh, I, I was thinking about AJ Brown. Uh, I think we've got a good matchup this week. However, um, looking at guys coming fresh off bye weeks, um, I'm going to say Cooper Cup. Um, he had a pretty poor game his last game, but I think he's going to step it back up um, and show why he's in contention as the number one wide receiver again. Not bad. That'll be interesting to see. After, uh, see how that uh, 49ers defence is doing after getting slapped about with Patrick Mahomes and the Kansas City Chiefs. So, no, that's a good pick. Uh, we'll go on to studs. Who have you got? 
Kev actually stole probably the one I was looking at. Similar to what Brian was saying with Derek Henry, Cup gets everything. Let's be honest. There are no other targets in Los Angeles, especially not when there's a bye week and the Chargers aren't playing either. So Cup is certainly an interesting an interesting option. Um, the other one I'm looking at is D-Hop. Again, that Vikings defence... I'm going to. I'm trying not to pick right at the top of the food chain. He's coming back off of his suspension for his own indiscretions or alleged indiscretions. He came back last week and it was as if he was never away. Straight into, I think, 10 plus targets. Let's be honest, Kyler is going to feed him the ball against a mediocre Viking secondary. It doesn't matter if he's if he's marked D-Hop. We've seen the catches he's capable of making. Throw him the ball, he's catching it if it's anywhere in his vicinity. So for me, I think D-Hop's a sneaky one this week. Yeah, no, it'll be interesting to see what happens again there. My my pick, somebody we mentioned earlier, Terry McLaurin, I think up against that Lions D, Heineke's going to ball out. I can see him putting up big numbers. Right, so we'll move on then to the, the next one. Uh, who we got up? Deadliest D, Grant. What defence is putting up the numbers? Dallas got to come out number one again. No, I don't think so. I'm, I'm not against your beers. Nah, you sure? Nah, <laughs> yeah, I'm going. I'm going to put a homer pick on that. That the beers will upset them as well. But um, if you were going to push me, I would have flipped it around. I don't think Dax played that well, and I would say the Bears could put up quite a few points for you on defence. But I think the obvious choice is is got to be the Bills this week. The Packers have been so poor, and the Bills look like a team that can take points off MD. That defence is solid and you need to play a pretty perfect game against them to get any kind of joy. I just I think if you've got them sitting in your fantasy lineup, you're sitting laughing right now. Well, Brian Donlan, have you got a counterpoint to that? Is there someone else you think's better? Dallas well, against the Bears? Well, turnovers. 29 sacks so far. Dallas are going to bury Justin Fields. Fields is already, what, he's, uh, what, five touchdowns to six interceptions already this year. He's lost a fumble. That Dallas, yeah, I, I, I'm with you in the Dak side of it. I, I'm with you there. You know, he's only played one game. Um, well, one game since he came back for the fractured thumb. Didn't look great. I think that could be a really low scoring affair, but I can see Dallas burying Fields. I think you might be phoning for an ambulance before that one's over. He's a tough kid. These are fighting words. We'll keep this to the, the fans. My uh, my pick in D has got to be the Eagles. Get up against the Steelers. You know, they've just added... Uh, who was it? They just had... I was a total brain fart here. Uh, Quinn. Who the, that's Quinn. That's Roquan. the one. I was going to say Roquan Smith. And I thought, no, I'd want cr- to do start that. crying with that. It's <laughs> <laughs> only the biggest uh, trade of the week, Danny. It's fine. It's been that. We're already on an hour and a half almost. So uh, we're, uh, you know, it's easy to forget a few things. Yeah, so it's that. Okay, biggest blow of the week. Wrap this one up for us, Kev. Who you got? Uh, I'm I, I'm going to go go for a homer here, and I'm going to say the Eagles. 
Eagles, I yeah, think I just wanted to chip in there on the D's. I just got um, an update on Parsons. Um, it was questionable, apparently, so I don't know if that changes anybody's opinions on the um, the D's. Well, he's uh, an absolute stud, so he's obviously going to make an impact if he's not playing, but, you know, it's like questionable. These are tough kids. They'll just put a bit of sawdust on it, you know, a bit of Dettol, wire brush, and away they go. Uh, biggest blowout is there anybody else can see past the Bills? Is anybody else other than the Bills and other than the Eagles for a blowout? Maybe the Dolphins. Maybe the Dolphins against the Lions. I'll be interested to see if Tua can come back and back to the early season form. You know, he can get Waddle playing again, Hill playing again, Gaseki if he's not traded by that point. We'll we'll, we'll see what happens there. So, uh, yeah, that, that's definitely one we're looking for. Who's your match of the week then? Quick one round the table. We'll, we'll wrap up. We've all got beds to go to. Uh, studs, who's your match of the week? Until the news earlier, it was probably Bengals-Browns, if I'm honest. I like a good divisional game. Um, but with Chase being out, I'm going to flip it. Um, and the, for me, I want to see Cardinals-Vikings, if I'm honest. I'm going to, I'm going to watch that one. Um, probably not the pick that was expected. But you've got some elite talent on both sides of the ball. Um, Kirk Cousins is Kirk Cousins, let's be honest. He's a more than serviceable quarterback. He'll give you some great things. Um, and he's got weapons all around him. Murray getting his getting his weapon back. The rest of his wide receiving core, well, they've pretty much been anonymous so far. Um, but yeah, no, I think it's an interesting game. Three and four Cardinals against the five and one Vikings and in, in Minnesota. I think that could could have some potential to be a decent game. Well, last week we picked Atlanta, the Bengals, so, you know, we like a curveball. Brian Donlan, what's your, team in the, what's your game in the week? I swear down that we haven't actually been like, comparing notes. I've got exactly the same. I'm really keen on the, the cards, Vikes. Uh, I will say, with Kirk Cousins, it's not prime time, so Kirk Cousins will play well. Uh, we all know that if you start Kirk Cousins in the early window, he plays well. Um, he just can't cope when he's under the big lights. Uh, but yeah, no, I'm, I'm exactly the same. Uh, I think we're going to see Kyler hopefully do some Kyler things. He does have some better targets now that he can throw to. Um, and everybody loves watching Justin Jefferson. Everybody loves watching that man play. Uh, so, yeah, no, all about a little bit of the cards, Vikes, this weekend. What about yourself, Grant? I'm going I'm going divisional matchup. I'm going 49ers-Rams. Might not be the prettiest game, but I think that's going to be good, old-fashioned, rough-and-tumble football. You're going to see big yep. plays. You're going to see a lot of running the ball. You probably see turnovers as well, both sides. I just think it's going to be one of the games. It's maybe get a couple of people ejected in the sideline. I think it will happen, but I think it's going to have everything. Does Kyle Shanahan still have that hold over Sean McVay? We'll, we'll need to see. That'll be an interesting one. What about yourself, Kev? Uh, I'm going to go for the game tonight. Um Again, I'm I'm looking for Lamar to to get back on form, um, and then obviously we want to see how how Brady responds. Um, I think it could be a, a really interesting game, could be a high scoring game. Um, so that that's that's the one I'm looking forward to. 
Oh, brilliant stuff. I say I mentioned earlier my uh, game of the week is that Giants at Seattle. I think that's got a, a very interesting one. Good offences, good defences. I think that one. I think, as I say, I think this is where the Giants slip up, but I think they can go and win their next two matches after that. They've got a pretty decent schedule. So, yeah, no, there's some really tasty games coming up in week eight. So, look forward to watching them. Are any of you guys staying up tonight? He's got to do the, the night shift and watch Thursday night football, or is it going to be a game in 40 uh, tomorrow morning before work? Maybe through yeah. one eye. No, brilliant right guys I think we'll wrap it up there we had uh, a few other bits and pieces to discuss Uh, trade deadlines coming up on Tuesday the 1st of November when we will be recording our next podcast so I'm sure the guys in that panel uh, will be doing a deep dive see who's been traded or not Uh, stay tuned to our uh, social media uh, Twitter and Instagram we'll, we'll, I'm sure we're putting out some rumours that we we think with trades might happen you know Packers are getting uh, linked to a lot of wide receivers like Brandon Cooks and Jerry Judy and Chase Claypool we'll see what happens is Alvin Kamara in the move what's happening with Cam Akers Elijah Moore Bradley Chubb Kenny Galladay it's going to be a cracking weekend I cannot wait the games look brilliant the trades are going to go down uh, yeah so this is definitely a league that does not sleep so I can't wait to see it all gentlemen Thank you very much for your time. It's we've slightly ran over than we'd hoped for, but it was absolutely brilliant talking to you. I uh, hope you have a great weekend. And uh, to you, the listeners, thanks very much. If you can uh, give us a rating, like us, hit us up on social media, any questions like that, we're more than happy uh, to interact. So hope you have a great weekend, though, and uh, thanks very much for joining us. You too, Danny. Cheers. Thanks, guys. Good night.